This is the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app. Where am I? Welcome to... Welcome to Bloody Friday, Sydney. It's your day. It's Friday. That means it's can o'clock around about now. And to help us out, we've got a special return guest. Oh, yes. It's almost like you guys are happy to see me. Hey, that? <laughs> Hello, Jess. Return of the Mac. Sam Mac, welcome back. Is it an issue that the show's peaked at 4.05? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a it's, uh, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> but anybody who listens regularly knows that there's a massive drop off at 407. <laughs> yeah, the 407 effect. But we also know that, of course, um, Mark Morrison is one of the Triple M core artists. So there you right. go. Great news to have him right. back on. Who's, who's the Mark? guy who sings Return of the Map? I knew that. Three people enjoyed that, that, Merrick. Get on board. <laughs> One of them was Mark Morrison. The other one was you, so... Oh, Liam. Uh. It's the return of the Mac, Sam Mac. Today, can we get his music again? Because it's kind of good. I actually feel really honoured, guys, that you went yeah. to that much trouble. Whose idea was that, Liam? It was yours. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Didn't, I, the funny thing is, because classic Merrick White, so I just go, Liam, get that song, the one with the Mac in it. And he goes, Return of the Mac, Merrick. And you I'm know, like, yeah, get that it's one. almost like you've been working in radio for 20 years. <laughs> And finally starting to get a bit of a clue just in time. So, uh, Sam Mackett, I know that obviously it's host of First Dates, which is a tremendous show. I love we've got, watching We've got people. some more of your work here, Sam. Welcome to the First Dates restaurant. Hello. Hey. How are you? Now, the, the difficult thing about that is that's me playing accordion as well. <laughs> so incredible that, the way that's you do the, that. Not many people know that about when I do voiceovers, all the sound effects, everything is me in you the booth. You do it all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, obviously you, you trained those skills working in an Italian restaurant for all those years serving <laughs> garlic yeah. <laughs> and finally, now it's come to the fore. Yeah. I want to get your opinion on something, Sam. Mm. There's a, a woman, Zoe Daly. She's a Sydney fitness model. Yep. And uh, she's just recently won a legal bat- battle with a dating agency, uh, Elite Introductions, after a tribunal found that she was pressured into handing over fi- almost $5,000 with a promise of meeting an amazing man mm. uh, and couldn't wait to start the new year with this person. She uh, said she was introduced to very negative men. Um, and she sued them because the, the men that she met were not what she was promised by the dating agency. And so is that right? That she, so she spent $5,000 over the course yeah. of a long period of time mm-hmm. on this subscription to this dating thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, she was Sounds a bit desperate. It, it was a 12-month subscription. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Look, can I just point out the first thing, obviously? Zoe Daly, she's a fitness um, model. Mm. What, what's she doing on a dating site? How's she not going to meet people in <laughs> <Yeah>. Sydney? <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously? In the most body conscious city in Australia? I'm looking at the photo of her as well. She's a very attractive um, young young lady, although she is we, wearing... We don't, we don't actually have any photos in handy. <laughs> <laughs> Someone printed it for me. Oh, yeah. One of the producers. Yeah, okay, yeah, we've got a printer here. He was roaming place. around World Square. Yeah, he just yeah, handed yeah. them oh, out. I yeah. hope you're not on the company oh, Wi-Fi at the moment. Right. <laughs> this is that's her. Not, that's one image of her. She's really fit. Yeah. Um, oh, too, that's too much fitness. You're showing okay. us too much fitness on your mobile phone, okay. Sam Mac Channel 7. <laughs> <laughs> it's a skin trap. <laughs> but what I'll say is, she is wearing, I don't, I don't know if you guys back me up on this, she's wearing, you know those snapback hats? Mm. You know those flat, those, Yeah. I think, yeah. and look, this could be controversial, I'm getting off topic, sorry. <laughs> I think you should not be allowed to wear them if you're over 40. 
I'm over 40 and I wear one. You shouldn't wear them. No, but I, don't, I, I, I agree. I, 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 I'm, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there. I know I we've gone off wear, topic. Well, yeah. I wear a boob tube like she is as well. We've got, we've got a lot in common. I wear it under a shirt though, so a bit different. You've there. got great side boob. That's one thing I've always wow. noticed about you. Miz, I think they call that a support bra. <laughs> oh, it's a training bra, you ass. Okay, so she claimed, uh, this woman Zoe, she's claimed that she was introduced to a very negative man who showed no interest in her job and, wait for it, spoke about himself the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, was not passionate about his job. Uh-huh. And was ashamed of his family and made offensive comments about her car. <laughs> and so she, well, that, for that criteria, she's gone, well, I'm suing. I'm, let's go to the courts on this yeah. one. I mean, I think it's great that she had an opportunity to go on a date with Steve Price. But <laughs> the fact that she's gone to legal matters, yeah. this is insane. Well, she said that she, the potential match also looked much older than his 40 years. Uh, when she specified she was seeking a man uh, 32 to 38. So it seems that she got the short end of the stick. Isn't it common knowledge that everyone... And I don't, that's not a euphemism. Because <laughs> as I said, the date didn't go well. <laughs> um, isn't it common knowledge that everyone lies about their age on dating websites? I think, Surely. I, I think so. Do you use a, a dating website, do you, do, a dating site or, I don't a, use or a, app? I've been single for a long time, so I'm yeah. not probably the person you're going to take advice from, but I've never used Tinder. Mm. I've never used any of those dating sites. Maybe you apps. should. Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's where you're going Miz, wrong. He's got, he's got huh? five minutes every morning on Channel 7 in which to showcase his wares. And so he's doesn't... still single? Exactly. <laughs> What's wrong with the you? The cash cows. No, I do have two cat, rescue cash cows happily married. Cost you the, no, it's cost you the cock blocker. <laughs> the cost block. <laughs> Every time the ladies tune in, gosh, he's there. I've got a joke. Stop it. <laughs> Sam's trying to find some action. Unbelievable. Um, I want to open up the phones. What did you lie about that worked? If you have, uh, male or female, where you've lied uh, to a person to, you know, influence them romantically, mm. and that lie has worked. Now, this is no joke. A mate of mine, he used to tell girls when he was going out to pubs, yeah. he'd tell them, that he was a roller coaster designer. <laughs> Why? And, well, here's the thing. It does sound impressive. The first thing they do is start asking questions, and you can't really be caught out because it's not like anybody else is going to turn around and go, "No, that's not how you make roller coasters." <laughs> yeah. I mean, who's doing like such a specific <laughs> job? And at the time, I was like, "You," I was like, "That's a dumb thing." And then I thought about it. And went, God, that's awesome. I wish I knew that when it I was It is 18. intriguing because you'd have a lot of follow-up questions, wouldn't that's, you? That's, that's exactly so it's, it's what like it does. It gets them talking. Gets mm. them talking. And then you do the old, uh, look, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you. Well, let's let's talk about you, but pretend that we're not interested about me. Well, that's, that's the Merrick Watts <laughs> yeah. move. Okay. Well, that's a good lie. That's a yeah, good yeah, lie. yeah. Uh, do you, I mean, other, it's pretty difficult for you to lie and say that, you know, you am successful. Not... <laughs> have good hygiene. Uh, he tells people he's Steve no, Jacobs. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm the how's, weatherman. How's that working out for you? Um, I'm Tim the Daily Bailey. Um, good to meet you. Uh, no, I I actually don't go on many dates. <laughs> really, oh, seriously. Wow. So I don't have a Maybe lot of stories. Maybe they just don't like. What would you do? What would you, your lie be if you if you were to lie? You know, as a little bit of a as a way to charm. Okay, I would say that I'm looking for commitment. <laughs> I'm interested in those children that you have. I'd like to be their stepfather. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I'd be happy to just live in a home that we both pay for, but you could bring in your two children to another father. That, I'm happy with that. That's a that's a lie, ladies. Want to hear? Isn't it? I once saw, I got caught out. This is no joke. Years ago, I remember. I think I might have told this about mm. forty times before. But I was uh, at a pub once, and I'd had a few, and uh, I was tuning a couple of uh, ladies, as we used to call it in the old days. Yeah. And I was having a bit of a chat to them, doing pretty well. And they said to me, "This is before I was, you know, in stand-up comedy." And I said, "They said, oh, what do you do for a living?'" And I said, "Oh." I'm a powder monkey. Do you know what a powder monkey is? No idea. Powder monkey is somebody who works with explosives, like in a mine oh. or demolition or something like that. Yeah. So you, you've got like a license to use explosives. And that's the thing is that they start asking you questions. That's an like, exciting oh, job. I'm a powder, I just went, I'm a powder monkey. They go, oh, it's a powder monkey. They go, oh, he's working with explosives. And you wouldn't believe <laughs> No biggie. It. Yeah, it's like, and I'm just going, here we go. This is a, you are winning. This bloke next to me turns around and just goes, you're a powder monkey, are you? He goes, show us your ticket. And I went. Is, there's a ticket. <laughs> and he goes, you've got to have a license to use explosives, idiot. Where's your ticket? And I went, I've got to go wee. <laughs> the one time. Well, the, you pick the, the one job the, that requires a yeah, ticket. The 400th time I'd use this yeah. line, there's a bloke next to me who happens to be a powder monkey. Got caught out. It was very embarrassing. One triple three five three. Yeah. Have you told a lie at, that worked? Maybe it's about your occupation. Maybe it's about not having a criminal past. Or, or even <laughs> even if it didn't work and you got blatantly caught yeah, out a like uh, Mr. Watts. Like I did. One triple three five three. Give us your fibs. We've got Sam Mack from Channel 7, possibly formerly. Back. It's been away for a couple of weeks, and God, haven't we noticed the lack of female calls as a result oh, of it? Wow. <laughs> Intimidated. Yeah. Having said that, not one single woman has called through. Since 1996. <laughs> <laughs> what a great day that was, though. <laughs> Remember her? Yeah. We got a photo of her. We put her up uh, next to a guy flying and playing a guitar at the same time for we no gave her reason. A job, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think she's still here. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Put the American one, two, three, five, three. Asking you, what did you lie about that worked to try and sway the uh, the, the opposite sex or the same sex even into believing um, that you're a little bit more than you really are? There's... It does happen. I mean, sometimes people just take a bit of creative license. They maybe you know exaggerate, but I love the people who actually just commit to an outright lie, which you did. Yeah, I said I said I was a powder monkey. Um, which is an explosive expert. And then an explosive expert said, you're a halfwit. And I went, well, not a, f- not a full halfwit. I'm half of a halfwit. I'm a quarter wit. How are you? I'm Merrick. <laughs> I'm Merrick. I'm leaving. Uh, we've got Sam in Pendant Hills. Hello, Sam. Hello. How are we going? Good, mate. All right. Have you told a little bit of a white lie to uh, to try and persuade a lady? Uh, yes. It was a few years ago back in the States. I went with a boys trip. There was about seven or eight of us, and we used, every time we went out, is the classic one, we were in a band. (laughs) Now, I want to know, it's it's crucial when you have something like that, that you can back it up with the story. So did you have a name for the band? Where did you perform? Which instrument did you play? Run us through the spiel, and did they ask for that info? Uh, Yes, they did. And so it was about 2015, so over in the States, they didn't really know the band Sticky Fingers. (laughs) Sticky Fingers? Yeah, Yeah, Sticky Fingers. So yep. we kind of told a white lie and 
said we were them. Yeah, that's a good idea too, because with a band name like that too, I mean that's that's just that's an abs- no no no, it's an absolute trigger point for the ladies. They just go, oh, sticky fingers, great. You sound like a safe person to be around. You're sorry, you're the drummer yeah. in a band called uh, Sticky Fingers. Well, Mom, aren't Dad? you a catch? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mum, Dad, this is the roadie from the band Sticky Fingers. We're yeah. getting married. Um, Google them. Actually, don't don't Google them. <laughs> don't Google that name at all. Got uh, Adrian in the Hawkesbury. Hello, Adrian. G'day, ladies. Good, mate. Good, mate. All right, you've told a lie that uh, to persuade the ladies. Yeah, well, one of my mates, she didn't tell me. He invited this bird over. He said she was sight, and she was. And uh, she asked what I did, and I said, "Oh, I'm a dolphin trainer." And then he's oh. standing there in the background, smiling. I had no idea why. And she turned around and says to me, oh, really? I'm a marine biologist. Oh! For <laughs> <laughs> the minute pause, I'm just standing there. I'm not knowing what to do. And I just, just kept mm. smiling. She goes, you're not really, are I went, no. No. You know what you should have <laughs> said? You, you, you know what you should have said? You just go, oh, I'm afraid that you've mistaken the wrong type of dolphin. You assumed aquatic mammal. I actually train a different type yeah. of dolphin that the ladies could purchase at sex by. <laughs> Taking every single call there. Yeah, and I'm the, the reason that no ladies are calling the show. It's all me. People, to be, right, let's move on. David Panani, hello, mate. Mezzard Mac, how you going? Great to have you Good. on the show, brother. All right, you've told a little bit of a white lie to impress the ladies. Yeah, uh, out, on, uh, out on the tune, as we say, back yes. in the old days. Yes. Um, about 23, and I said to this young lady, I said, look, come back to my place. I own a four-bedroom house um, up in the hills. And she goes, oh, great. And then uh, woke up the next morning, walked out in the kitchen. Here's mum and dad cooking a nice breakfast. And they own the house. <laughs> and she's just going, oh, my God, can I get your number, Dave, from Pernodia? Because this is the Straight dream. Straight the cab, guys. Yeah, <laughs> seeing your mum in a dressing gown has made me want more. Yeah, not Very nice of you to give her a cab charge on the way out. That was a nice touch. <laughs> that is a pickup line that no young person in Sydney can ever use now. I own a four-bedroom house. But, yeah. but here's the thing, though. That's the thing, though. Now they just go, like, young people, because they've spent spend all their money on avocado, Sam. They, they go, would you like to come back to mum and dad's place? <laughs> I've got a bungalow situation at the back. You can, you can, you'll probably see my mum in a dressing gown and my dad will be watering the garden in a pair of underpants. We can play a game where we're really quiet. Yeah, it'll be like a game, like a theatre type thing, yeah? Like improv? Let's be French mimes. Nude French mimes. Mate, we've got uh, Tony in Wentworth Point. Hello, mate. How you going, man? Very good. Man. Hello, mate. mate, you've told a lie? Mate, it was a great lie. There was uh, six of us that went down to the Grand Prix 96, the first one in Melbourne. Um, Ferrari won the race that day, and using my slick Italian language, managed to get into the uh, mechanics unit and buy three shirts, mechanic oh. shirts, with them, oh. which they're not allowed to do. Okay. Not first of the season. So we got dressed up, went down to Turak, and sat down on a nice table right in the middle of the road and just talk to Tony and we would the winner like there was no tomorrow. Okay, so... so I'm a For a moment there, Tony, I thought you can say that you slept with the mechanics to get the shirts. Here comes the money! Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Adam McDougall is the health hacker. Health hacking is simply hacking into the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world and applying these little tricks and routines into your own life. 
I'm a health hacker because I've been a professional athlete for 20 years, but I've also combined my experience as an athlete with my university studies. From economics to nutrition and sports science, with the practical application that I achieved as an athlete to help people hack into their health. In each episode, I'm going to share with you the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world. You can hack into your own health and live a happier and healthier life. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Joined this afternoon by Channel 7's Sam Mack. Great to have you back here, Sam. Thank and when, you, mate. And I say that genuinely because I've been looking forward uh, to taking you hostage. Um, <laughs> really? On, yeah, on this point, this is a hijacking okay. right now. Uh, because I found something on the social media, which was a mm. picture of you. It's a disturbing image of you, actually. Oh, you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> Close on this one. Oh, um, yeah. At the Carrara Cat Carnival. Can this you is explain, today, actually. Yeah, can you explain what the Carrara Cat Carnival is? Okay, so, um, you know, some people in their TV careers aim for, like, their top thing is, you know, one day I want to cover a, a political coup. One day I want to cover um, the Olympics. Well, my, my Olympics is the... Carrara Cat Carnival, which happened today, actually. It happens tomorrow and Sunday on the Gold Coast. And it's basically a celebration of cats. You can get the latest in cat product innovations. You can learn about cat He's grooming. He's talking about what's, it really can, earnestly. What, 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 what's, the latest, what's the latest in cat in, um you know, in t- technology for cats, is it um, string? Is that the, a new type of string? No, there's like this, um, it's like a tree house. It's called like a crazy tree house. And wow. it's really good. They're expensive, no, about 120 bucks. Really but you can, you the cat's got so many talking. different ways that it can get in and hide. And like, you know, I, I really would, I'd love to be an ambassador for them one day. Oh my God. Hide oh from those owners God. who love Pat- playing hide and seek with their cats. Just, look, I've got two cats, right? They live in my house, but I don't talk to them the way that you do. Um, <laughs> The Carrara Cat Carnival, um, wait, is, wait for it, this is the blurb, where pop culture meets cat culture. It's a free cat extravaganza. What's free? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought you'd be able to charge for this kind of amazingness <laughs> that, wait for it, that promises to be me wow. Oh, no. I didn't write that. No. <laughs> I didn't write that. This kitty face painting? Yeah. You paint the face of a cat? No, a cat paints your face. It's quite intricate <laughs> oh. how they do it with their paws. <laughs> It's, it's being promised to be meowagical. That's like a play on words for magical. A meowagical. You can't do this. What are you doing hanging out with these people? Look, they're lovely what? people. You're one of them. I am one of them and I'm proud. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not ashamed to say that I love cats. I think the cats are hilarious. and You love them. Yeah, they're just... You're a bona fide cat person is what you've said. Well, interesting, because in a, in a moment, I'm actually we've got uh, the president of the Cat Lover Society of Australia on the line. We'll speak to you in a moment. But okay. Just, first of all, how many cats have you got, Sam? I've got two rescue cats. So um, Coco is my white vermilla. She has mm. one tooth. I guess, you know, she's the Kim Kardashian of the cat world. And I also have Catra. Catra is kind of like a plus-size model. She's a lot bigger. No, no. So she's doing a lot for body image <laughs> issues within the cat world, which I'm really proud of her for. Um, they're both potentially going to be on the cover of a magazine called Puss Week, which is an actual magazine. It is not. It's written by cats for cats. So, yeah, they're both contenders well, for that. We do have the definitive expert on all things cats on the line, Great. Sam. Uh, Donna Suzanne joins us. Donna. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Hey, hey, Donna. Hello, Sam. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Um, I believe that you're quite the cat lover. I am. Big, big mm. supporter of uh, animal rescue, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, as the president of the Cat Lover Society of Australia, I would like to welcome you. But first of all, just run you through a couple of quick questions to okay. test your cat-loving ability. First of all, um, how often would you say that you stroke your pussy 
in uh, a day? I'd say I stroke my cats maybe five to seven times mm-hmm. per day. Mm-hmm. Yes, I bet you do. That's tremendous, Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever let your uh, pussy sit on your face? Donna, just like like cats, let's mm-hmm. keep it clean. Um, mm-hmm. Look, occasionally I'll be asleep and, and I'll wake up and, you know, one of the cats might be close to my face. Mm-hmm. Do you ever let your cats clean you, Sam? No, no, don't I don't. Them, you don't let them lick you? Uh, occasionally you there'll be a slight lick, but not a regular, like a ritualistic type thing, no. But what if one of them's just grooming you, licking your hair, licking the back of your head or your face? Sorry, Donna, what, what's your position again, tongue. Donna? I haven't come across you in the cat world before. What's your position no, and I, your credentials? I'm president of the Cat Lover Society of Australia, Donna Susan. You can Google me, I'm real. Well, you must be real if you say that. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, sorry, Donna, any other questions? Do you ever take your cat out for dinner? <laughs> no, they're indoor cats. No, no, I don't. No, I bet you don't. Do you ever take them to a restaurant or <laughs> take them to the park, maybe? Take them to the park for a walk, for walkies? Do you ever walk your cat, Sam? Uh, for a photo once or twice, I took one of my cats for a walk, Donna. Do you have these photos on your phone, okay. Sam? <laughs> Donna, they've been seized by the police, I believe. <laughs> Donna, thank you for your time. Send me the photo, Sam. Okay, Donna, anything you say, please don't kill cat. me. Send me the photo of the cat grooming your face. Whatever you say, Donna. <laughs> this is an incredible invention that's going to change a lot of people's lives in the way that we go about uh, globally. Because mm-hmm. Google has just released earbuds that translate languages in real time. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. So you put these, they're just like headphones. You put earbuds in your ears and then they're called pixel buds. And they basically just translate languages in so real time. So within a second. So like you say something, then mm-hmm. straight away it gives you, if you've selected French, it comes straight away yep. French version. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody could be speaking in Adelaide and you'd be able to understand exactly <laughs> what they're saying. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. No, it is. So I think it's like 80 languages or something like that that it can translate in real time. So if you're would you use them? Do you reckon you'd... 100% I would. Yeah. Because I'm, I'd wear them all the time. Because sometimes I reckon, you know, that there's people um, speaking another language just knowing that I can't speak it and they're yeah. saying things about me. Well, certainly I've acted paranoid to that point and stabbed the, their car tires. Well, you've got to be, yeah, you be thorough, don't you? It, it, would, it would make ordering a coffee down in Bondi really easy. Because yeah. then you just have it set to Swedish, and then the people uh, would just oh, speak in their native tongues. Right. Set to wanker. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you do that. Um, hey, but because of this, because translation is now a thing of the past with these new headphones, because of Google, uh, I thought we would play a game we haven't played for a while. Yeah. Chinese Happy Fun Time Translation Games. Okay, explain this, to Sam, because I've forgotten. I've, I've played it once, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Have, you, have you played yeah. this game? Yeah, yeah. Good. once. Okay. Mm. Uh, and, how, and are you surprised to see it back? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah cool. Very it was surprised. racially insensitive the first that. time we played. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we'll try um, and get Donna Suzanne on the phone, see what she's thinks about it. I'm sure she'll be back. No. So the way way this game works is I've taken um, theme items, put them through Google Translate, a variation of languages, and spat them out the other end, and you've got to tell me what the original phrase was. Now, because Bathurst is on today, mm-hmm. uh, we've been broadcasting live there all day, and we'll be all weekend, the big race on Sunday. I have taken car movies, names of car movies, put okay. them through Google Translate, and they've been sped out the other end. So you have to tell me. Um, well, you're a big movie fan, aren't you, Sam? 
Uh, you like movies yeah, or is not, it just cats? Uh, no, I love movies. I'm not a car movie what's fan. Your favorite, what's your favourite theatre show? <laughs> <laughs> Singing in the rain, actually. Uh, yeah. If you'd said Miss Saigon then, I would have laughed my ass off. Okay. Um, oh, this is, I'm already not feeling great about this because I'm not big on car movies. But Unreal. Look, that's well, the game. That's Let's the game. do this. It's certainly favouring Merrick Watts at the moment. Let's do this. Uh, your names are your buzzers. Yep. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Actually, go. you know what? I'm going to change your buzzers. Your buzzers are the name of your pet cats. So you can okay. choose which one you want to go with. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God, this is only going to make me look like a half-wit. Okay, first one. <laughs> what car movie, it's been spat through Google Translate, Yeah. The Angry Speed. Um. The Angry Speed. Oh, really? I thought Ponyo, was... Mad Max. Oh, well, that was stupid. What stupid language? Is angry that? Speed. Angry Okay. Um, I thought that was it's an easy one like to a start substance with. you'd find in King's Cross. <laughs> um, oh, 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 Ponyo. Yes. Fast and Furious. There you go. Well there done. Oh. Fast and the Furious. Okay. So are you allowed to get it right even if you've already got well, it wrong? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, this is so the rule. Yeah, it's the rule. If you get it wrong and the other person doesn't get it okay. right, you get it right and you, you win. Next one. Yeah, what go. car movie is this that's gone through Google Translate? Noon after the lightning. Noon after the lightning. Coco. Yes. Oh, God, you said Coco. <laughs> um, midday strike. <laughs> You're just getting... Oh. What is it again? Noon after the lightning. I really thought... Oh, that. I've got it. Yes. Ponyo, Days of Thunder. Correct. Oh. Do we do we um, implement the pants down rule? If, if Sam, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, it is. It's like playing pool here. If you yeah. don't score, All right. pants down. You, here we go. Next, and, and here that's got horrible repercussions. <laughs> Might get you a job. Uh, oh, oh, I mean a job, as in actually, okay, employment. Yeah, okay. yeah that's what I meant. Okay, yeah, next I one. I got that, but what, still, <laughs> what movie? What car movie is this that's gone through Google Translate? He went for a minute. Coco. Gone in 60 seconds. Oh, well yes, done. Back in the game. Bring it on, Ooh, Australia. Really? I was going to say Merrick. <laughs> <laughs> 60 seconds is generous. He went for a minute. That's Merrick. Ponyo, Merrick. Merrick? <laughs> Two to Ponyo, one okay. to Coco at the moment. Go. Okay, next one. The Crazy Limit. What car movie is that through Google Translate? Coco. Yes. Mad Max. Oh, wow. Does that mean it's too all? It is too all. Is this a decider, Liam? This is the oh, decider. That is too far. It'd be really embarrassing out. to lose on your own oh, show, on your own topic. Especially oh, no. when you're using brought... a cat named Buzzer. <laughs> yeah. Bringing your cat into this it, disgracing not... your cat. I was cat. having a really good time when we were just bullying you. <laughs> I hate it when the bullying's reversed. Especially when you brought up the idea of a pants down too, mess. No, I don't have to. I've got two scores, mate. Okay, here we go. Last one for the win in the Happy Fun Translation game. What car movie is this that's gone through Google Translate? Steering the Flower. Oh. Uh, Ponyo. Yes. Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, well done. Well played. I love that well film. Well played. <laughs> yeah. I've literally never seen that film, but I just went, Steering well, the Flower. You knew it pretty quickly, mate. Yeah. <laughs> And you said it with passion. <laughs> Sam, Mac, great to have you in here, mate. Thanks, will we, guys. Will we have a return of the Mac another time? Absolutely. Let's do it in a couple then of weeks. Can we have this, the song so he returns? A little bit of this. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the next hour of the show. I've heard yeah. it's a big one. Yeah, you That's enjoy... a forward tease. Radio terms. Write them down. Enjoy going to that cat carnival, you legend. <laughs> Oktoberfest is here over six weeks. Get Bavarian with four official beers and traditional food, only at Munich Brow House, The Rocks. Visit oktoberfest.com.au. I do like a Steiner beer. Mm. I really, I love German beers, actually. Mm. And I found out something. 
recently. Uh, I think you were there, Liam. It's hard to remember because we've been drinking. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I heard a piece of information and I told somebody this on the weekend and they went, oh, wow, that's, that's very interesting is that you would know that. Beer fact. Here, here you go. Ooh, so beer fact. This is like proper old school pub ammo. Remember when Zoo Weekly was around and everyone was living the dream? Yeah. And then something came along and ruined that dream? And when you like wanted to open a new mm. bottle of beer mm-hmm. just to get the quiz question under the lid? 100%. Yeah. Zoo Weekly at a time when you didn't have to read to read. That was good. Anyway. <laughs> this is the Zoo Weekly of radio. But that, it, oh, <laughs> we're aiming to be, we're aiming to be, well, just give us some time. More Ralph. So, oh. <laughs> Anyway, this is good pub trivia, right? Good pub ammo. So I didn't know this, but most people know about German purity laws with beer. So the Germans uh, kind of revolutionized mass beer production hundreds of years ago. Mm. And they've still got very, very strict rules in Germany about what you can put into beer. It essentially just has to be beer, hops, uh, sorry, beer, hops. It has to be wheat, hops, and water. And you can't have anything else. It's part of the the German beer purity laws, which they're very strict on, apparently. Yeah. So you make two things. Out of uh, two things will generally make beer is you've got barley, mm. yeah, grain, and you've got wheat, which is a grain. Now, what I didn't know, and this is interesting, is that a lot of German beers are wheat beers as opposed to a barley beer, like a normal beer that you'd often drink. And the reason for this is that hundreds of years ago, the Germans went into mass production of beer and everyone was like, oh, beer's really, really good, making it out of wheat, right? Because wheat was what was around and it was used as the, the kind of the, the precursor mm-hmm. um, to, which not like an ice precursor, not like pseudoephedrine, <laughs> like a regular precursor, and that they would make the beer out of the wheat. Now, what happened, of course, is beer became more and more popular because it's awesome and mm-hmm. all the Germans were like, oh, let's just smash heaps of these at Munich Brewhouse. Let's go mad. And then this kept on going and going. And then eventually what happened is the price of wheat to produce beer became so inflated that people couldn't afford to bake bread. So then people were asked to start making beer out of something that wasn't wheat so the people could still afford to, the public could still afford to buy bread. So they started making beer out of barley seed because you can't make bread out of barley. You know what you make out of barley? Indonesia. (laughs) That was very good. I <laughs> got you that there, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, that was good. Isn't that cool? Right, so, oh, okay, so basically. And that's why wheat beer is kind of seen as like I was like going to say, it's the premium. Yeah, yeah. It's the hierarchial kind of there beer. There you go. It sits at the top because it is actually more expensive to make and it is kind of seen as the, the old school of beer and wheat beer is supposed to be like, you know, the the, the best, uh, the pinnacle of beer, beer. Beer facts are fun. Can I throw a beer fact back at you? I've, I've got beer facts. Okay. I've got a beer fact anyway. Okay. First of all, I've just got to literally... Just gonna lick my lips. I'm getting, you know, when you just start salivating. Talking about beer for too long. Just getting a little bit, bit of a thirst. You, on. Can, you can have another one in 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> beer another fact, one. Be, yeah, exactly. Beer fact, yeah. I'm gonna throw at you. Go. Do you know how to tell if your beer glass is clean? Every time you take a sip, it should leave a ring, ring. a ring mark on your glass. Yeah, yeah. So that's how you can tell, you know, if you go yeah. down to your local, yeah. grab a pint. Yeah. And then every time you take a sip, if you if it takes you six sips to get through your pint of beer, yeah. there should be six rings left uh, of foamy edge. Yeah. Well, here's another thing too. You shouldn't wash beer in soap, no. like beer glasses in soap. Your beer glasses should just be washed in hot water 
and then that's it. You shouldn't use soap because the soap clings, the, the particles cling to the inside of the glass, right? It's, if you want to be kind of puritanical about it. But here's another thing. An old school trick when I was a, uh, a young bloke working in pubs, which I did for many years, and uh, there was an old bloke there, and his name was Neil, and he was a war veteran, terrific bloke who served in Papua New Guinea, and uh, he'd seen a lot. And he used to sit at the bar, and he was a slow bloke. He used to drink uh, with a handle, you know, handle beers. Mm. And he'd, he'd drink a few, but he'd take his time getting through it. And sometimes the beer would go a little bit flat. And then one day he said to me, he goes, hey, lad, get me some salt. And he put a pinch of salt in his beer, and it brought the head back up to the beer. Really? It doesn't make it too salty. You don't need so much that it makes the beer salty. But if you put a little pinch of beer, a pinch of salt in your beer, it brings the head back up. This Great is, this, this is good fun. Producer Maddie, have you got any beer facts? Yeah, I cheated. I used Google. Oh, oh okay. okay. All right. That's get, all right. Get involved. 50 million people are drunk right now. How did you Google that? Why? Truth. It's true. I'm not one of them. So, <laughs> Mez would like to make the, it 50 million number the, one. Where's the breakdown in the system here, Maddie? Sinocilisophobia <laughs> is the fear of an empty beer glass. Really? That's a real thing. That's a real thing. You heard that. That's a real thing. Sinocilisophobia. Don't suffer in silence. That's <laughs> what Two I more. was saying. One triple three five three. The calls have already come through, so we're going to do this. This is jumping off. I can see Daniel's there. Got a few more people coming through. One triple three five three. Tell me about beer. It can be a fact. It can be a trick. It can be anything you like. Let's just talk beer. Ma- Maddie's got one more. Okay. All right. The strongest beer in the world has sixty-seven point five percent alcohol content. Oh, wow. I'll have a handle of that, thanks. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. The following is an official announcement from the Australian Government. Over the past few years, thought crime has reached record levels. Subversion is rife. Our enemies are everywhere. Trust no one. Luckily, there is an answer. Peter Dutton. No, not Peter Dutton. Thank God. Introducing a new series on Podcast One that interrogates the real threats to Australia, like John Safran, Rob Sitch, and children's author Andy Griffiths. Oh, good, I love those treehouse books. Who will survive? Who will fail? Introducing Extreme Vetting with The Chaser. The Chaser. The only show with the power of life and death over its guests. Listen at podcast1.com.au or via the Podcast One app. Taking your calls on one triple three five three. Got a beer fact? Want to tell me something about beer? Let's talk about beer. Beer's good. It's Friday. It's just after five o'clock. What time is that? Eighteen minutes past five. God, it's crippling me staying in the studio. We've been we've been throwing out the beer facts because uh, Oktoberfest is here. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I, you saw Liam. We were recently talking to a beer maker. And uh, I said to him an interesting fact. Well, I said in front of everyone, you know, when you've got uh, bottles, different colored bottles for different types of beer, right? Mm. And it's actually regional. So you see green bottles tend to be more in cool climate places like Europe. You know, a lot of the green bottles for beer are in Europe and a lot of the brown bottles are subcontinental. So um, Asian beers and Australian beers tend to be in brown bottles, right? And it's because of the amount of light that travels through the bottle. Right. So in Europe where it's not as, it's not as bright, it doesn't, it's not as subject to as much sunlight. They don't need to have as much filtration of light because the light will turn the beer. So when you've got something like a Corona, which has got a clear bottle, it's got additives that are put into the bottle to make sure that it doesn't turn rather than having a brown bottle 
or a um, green bottle. So, right. Yeah. The, well, the, the, bottle, the color of the bottle determines the, the usually the, the uh, geographic location. Well, if you want to have your beer in a bloody excellent style, you can over the next six weeks uh, get Bavarian with four official beers and traditional food at only at Munich Brow House, The Rocks. Visit Oktoberfest.com.au. Mez, quickly, Maddie yes. told us that um, there's a fear of, uh, an actual word for the fear of an empty beer glass. I can't remember the name of it. Is there a fear of getting through your shift without having a beer? Is that, what's that? What's there's that a, there's, there's a, a study of beer. You can get a job studying beer. What? It's, it's called Zithology. I'm getting on that. Is that on LinkedIn? Can I find that? Can somebody on LinkedIn find me on that one? <laughs> we'll I'll update your profile with Amazing. beer as an interest. Daniel Immorto. Hello, mate. There you go. Mate, tell me about beer. What do you know about beer? I don't know about beer. Uh, well, with that salt trick, if by chance the missus isn't around to find the salt well, just scrape a few crumbs off the bricks around your house and bubbles your beer back up. So what? if your beer goes, we're talking about <laughs> Daniel's had about 50 right now because he's just come out with just put a brick in your beer. Um, so I said earlier, an old timer's trick is if your beer goes flat, you put a little pinch of salt in it and bring the head back. But you reckon just use a bit of brick dust. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't doesn't give the full head, but it gives a few bubbles coming up. How did you figure that out, Daniel? Yeah. Daniel, sorry. Daniel, how, how did yeah. you figure that yeah, out? How did you discover that? Did you? How many things did uh, you put of, in it your was beer? Actually, one of my bricky mates. One of my bricky mates told me. Yeah, man, he's been drinking too much brick dust. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. Was this, was this when you were an apprentice? Mate, there's about forty oh. different things that I would put into beer before I put in brick dust to try and get the head back on it. Just a bit of lime and calcium. Yeah, true, true. Okay, so, yeah, the mineral elements inside the brick dust is what gives it a little bit of... Still, you know what? Just go and get another beer. <laughs> if it gets to the point where you have to even put building products in your beer, don't do it. Phil in Stanhope Gardens, tell me about beer. Merrick, long time, first time. Oh, well, great to have you on the show, Phil, you bloody legend. Mate. Going to miss the boy banter in the afternoon on the way home from work, I tell you. Oh, mate. Well, look, you know, I'll be around the corner from your house at some stage. Yeah, Phil, I was going to say, Mez is looking mowing for... Mowing the lawns with gyms. Mez is looking for something to do next year, so if you just I'm want him LinkedIn. to come around and hang out, yeah, yeah. he's I'll, on I'll LinkedIn. Lonely. <laughs> Phil, well, what you can come out. Come out to Makita and I'll teach him how to use power tools. I'll, oh. cut, I'll cut my hand off. I'll end up being a subject of somebody else's radio program. <laughs> yeah, we don't put that in beer. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, tell me a beer fact. Thomas Cooper, the original uh, founder of Cooper's Brewery from yep. South Australia, yep, brewed his beer in his family's bathtub. Oh, okay, that's where he started, and then someone's gone. You know what, Glenn, get out because this is starting. <laughs> get out of the, instead of putting brick dust in, they put Glenn in. Yeah, well, that's probably where the sediment came from too. Well, oh, you hear oh. about now. You hear about bathtub gin because gin's gin's very very easy to make. It's less complicated than a lot of other spirits to make, and you don't need you know particularly grains or anything. You know, uh, it's you can add a whole lot of different elements to gin mm. and make it easily. And that's why they used to make it in bathtubs mm. during prohibition, and also too because it was easy to make kind of on the run as it were. Hey, Mez, mm. is this segment called Gin Facts? No, then. Mm. Don't be throwing out gin Imagine facts. you should do. You should have a, a beer called Tinia. No. Okay. okay uh, Damien. Don't, don't <laughs> beer tinia. Athletes. Yes, hello. Foot, athletes foot lager. Hello, Damien on the Central Coast. Tell me a beer fact. Yeah, yeah mate. If you're, um, I don't know, if you know clear eyes, if, you know, you get rid of your red eyes. Yes. Clear eyes. Yes. If someone uh, sort of, you're at a party and pissing you off or, you know, like uh, at a pub and they won't leave the hotel, just two or three drops of uh, clear eyes. Yeah. And they'll be spilling for 24 hours. It won't kill them. Yeah, <laughs> won't kill him. I love it. So quickly, the disclaimer came in like he was going, won't kill him. I mean, I've tried. Won't kill him. Uh, yeah, I've heard I've tried that. 
I've heard yeah. that that eye drops give people the runs. Either it makes them sick or gives them the runs. Oh, okay then. Yeah, well, there you go. I think if they're drunk, they, mm. they'll just start spewing. So, mm. yeah. Great work there, Damien. That is clearly not a beer fact. It is, in fact, an eye drops fact. <laughs> You've just shoehorned that in by using beer as the conduit. Gary and Quakers Hill. I think I prefer the brick dust. Yeah, Gary, have you got a, an actual beer fact? Well, I have so. Um, one of them, if you got your beer a bit slow, you grab half of another beer, yep. run it around the ring about three times and just tap the glass, brings the head back up. Yeah, mate, if it gets to the point where I have to put a beer in my ring, I'm not having it. Now, I'm on uh, Facebook, I'm on uh, Twitter, and I'm on uh, Instagram, and I'm also on a, a fourth platform because a lot of, like me, needs more social media platforms. So I'm back on LinkedIn. Yes. Liam, which is um, something that I've ignored for the last five years or something, at yep. least more. And it was something that was signed up for me years and years and years mm. ago. And then I went missing. And it's, what is it? It's like, it's a, it's, it's a like professional fa- network. It's not like Facebook, but like just for people who are looking for jobs, yeah. cruising for new jobs, yep. looking for opportunities, like yep. people who care about jobs. Yeah. And you and you reactivated your account yesterday, and we spoke about it. And since then, you've had quite a bit of traction going through your Channel Nine uh, has not offered me a TV gig. <laughs> Where is that Channel Nine? It's, some of our listeners have actually checked it out, Mez. We've got a bit of feedback. It says connect with Mike Goldman. <laughs> with Mike Goldman, no one wants to do what that. What are you doing, LinkedIn? No, the uh, we got some feedback from our listeners on Facebook. Uh, someone suggested that your profile pic on LinkedIn. It looks like you're watching two people getting it on whilst eating chicken McNuggets. How do they know that? How do they tell that from that picture? That is incredible. But is the other what great incredible detail. The other got. great thing about LinkedIn is that it provides suggested jobs. Can't believe this. Based on the information you've provided, they and s- you've been suggested some jobs. The, the, and the jobs that it's not like be a halfwit. What that wasn't there. I'd be N- awesome at that job. None of them are media related or comedy related. What? What are the jobs? Some of the jobs. Here on my profile, I'm trying to have a look at it now. What does LinkedIn suggest? What job should I go for next year? They've suggested that you should go for a senior research administrative officer at Deakin University. I I don't know what that is. I can't say what that is, but I'll take it. You could be a recruitment consultant at Toll. At Toll? The transport company? I could do that. A recruitment consultant. That's easy. You could be. That guy there can drive a truck. You've got a job. Hey, you bloke, you can't drive a truck. No job. You could be an Apple store leader. <laughs> yeah, that's so me. Oh, oh excuse me, this Mary. I've got trouble with my iPhone. Mate, I've got trouble with my iPhone. This is you who threatens to throw his computer through the window on a I'll daily basis. Computer. I'm going to kill that but computer if it does not show me. We, there is one. There is one, and we thought we'd try you out. A corporate receptionist. This is the only job that I've got half a chance at. So we... A corporate receptionist. So some, somebody who answers the phone yeah, at a company. Yeah, we set you up today. We set you up. We gave you a little Madonna-style headset and a got you to perform the task of a receptionist. And this is how, set you, up. This is how you went. Good afternoon, Triple M. This is Merrick speaking. I'm not going to bring him out to my phone. I'm wearing my phone. I'm a receptionist. You wear the phone when you're the receptionist. You don't hold the phone. Okay. Have you never been in a corporate environment before? Well, can you take a message for me then? They're all out. It's Friday. So they've all, there's no one here. They're, all the sales guys have gone. They're out for lunch or something. They get pretty boozed, to be honest. And quite frankly, I think they... On the on Fridays, that's... Of course, I mean they've got a flu. I don't what mean anything else other than that. A complaint? 
you have to um, put them in writing um, in in pen um, and you send them to our PO box which is um, have you got a, have you got a pen there now Sam yeah I do okay write this down PO box GFY G for go <laughs> F for Fred and why for yourself? <laughs> okay, so we don't. You're not going to get that job as a corporate receptionist. Man, you can see the video. They, they filmed it online. It's quite funny. You it's can good. Ch- I've, you shared, can... I've shared it on my other socials. I don't know how to share it on LinkedIn though. <laughs> well, someone who might be able to help you out with that is Sky at London. She's the co-founder and lead career coach at Y Executive. Y Executive helps you get into the career of your dreams through job search, career transition. And career development coaching. I'm not transitioning. Sky. <laughs> Sky <laughs> hello, hello. Hi, Sky. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Your job's made up. You're co-founder of Lead Career, Career Coach. Why is it? Seriously? I mean, I could probably get a job. I could probably get your job. Well, maybe, maybe. Um, I think you might need to do a little bit more work on your LinkedIn profile first. Oh, good, Sky. What's wrong with my profile? Oh, it's... Um, Look, I think on the positive side, you know, you have now got a presence on LinkedIn. On the areas for improvement, I have a list of about 120 things, but <laughs> I think I might start with the first one, yeah. um, which is that I've noticed that your work experience section is incomplete. But I'm just wondering, what is your biggest career highlight? Oh, not this. Um, <laughs> this is not going to make the top 10. When you say incomplete, what does it say? Does it say what I've done in my life and my career, or does it just say void? Does it say does um, it say that I passed year twelve? Because I did. No, it doesn't oh. mention that at all. Actually, oh, it just oh, says humble brag. It just says that. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, it just says. It just says that you're a professional halfwit, which I thought was interesting, um, but it doesn't mention anything else on there. So something else I was wondering yeah. was that you don't have any endorsements. So given that you were on air with um, Tim Ross for many years, do you think you could ask him to endorse you? What did he endorse me? Is that? <laughs> it's like him giving a recommendation on your skills. Hasn't Rosso done that already? No. What an no. ass. <laughs> you, um, unfortunately, Merrick, you actually don't have any endorsements. What? <laughs> There's not a, no yeah. one endorses me? <laughs> what the? Well, f- maybe people do. My Goldman's got endorsements. How do I? How does Mike Goldman get endorsements and I don't have endorsements? Well, that's a very good question. Um, something else that you haven't done oh. too is that you haven't um, completed your profile summary. So this is normally where you put your strengths and your skills and your achievements. So what kind of strengths do you think you'll put in your summary? Well, clearly not LinkedIn. I'm not going to put LinkedIn <laughs> as one of my strengths. It's a piss week. I just got a message from Sarah. Hi, Sarah. So she's a paralegal at Bryden's Lawyers. He's on LinkedIn at the moment. Oh, right Sky now. London. <laughs> my job keeps coming up. He's here again. Co-founder and I'm lead career coach on on LinkedIn. at Y Executives. Sky, thank you so much for your help. Sky, uh, what job? My pleasure. What job do you see me doing in the future? What do you think I'd be good at? Genuinely, like, be completely honest. Tell me, what do you reckon I'd be good at? Like, if I have to have a job, which I do at some stage. Look, I would have said corporate receptionist, but hearing the feed from before, um, I don't think that. Look, I actually think recruitment would work for you, perhaps. What's that? So working as a recruitment consultant. You help oh, other people that's, get I know, jobs. No, 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 I know recruitment. I know this is old school. What you do is you sell people drugs at a Thank very, very you, low Scott. price, and then you get them hooked. And then Mary when they're hooked, Field, then... 104.9. Triple M. Running out of time because we've had a lot of fun.
uh, being smashed by other people on air, talking mm. to me about LinkedIn. Liam, it's been an absolute belter of a week. Great to have you company, Sydney. Back on Monday, Lawrence Mooney will be in on Monday. And just quickly, if anybody out there listening is on LinkedIn, make sure you jump on and add Merrick Watts. Don't, I, don't, I don't know how to... Especially conf- Mike don't, Goldman. Don't, dude, don't encourage him. As we always like to finish a Friday with Battle of the Burbs. This is where we, we award a non-trophy to the person from a suburb has represented their place of homely existence. You don't remember what it is, do I can't remember. <laughs> well, it's been a big week in Sydney. And as usual, it's time to call a meeting at the Merrickville Council Chambers to vote on which suburb gave us the best call this week. Tonight, there might be about 4,000 people outside the George Street Maccas trying to get some McNuggets. It was all thanks to a man named Corey Duncan. And he's such a legend, Maccas even jumped on board. Have you given George Street Maccas a bit of a heads up on this? Oh, mate, I contacted him, um, you know, a few days ago and just kind of said in the message, uh, hi, I'm going to be turning up uh, on October 6th with a few of my mates. And then I just said, I'm going to be turning up to get some nuggets. Is that okay? And I linked the event. They basically said, Corey, we get it. You like nuggets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we totally get it. Just for you, we've reserved a table. And oh, amazing. And we need to reserve put, the George Street Cinema. Mate, that's not enough. <laughs> they said we basically reserved a table and they just said, uh, we've also dedicated one of the registers to just sell nuggets. So that got us thinking about niche groups. John in Bayview was living the dream till Mess got hold of him. You're a member of a small niche group? Yeah, we are. What is it? The cold gas stands for guitar acquisition syndrome. It's just people with a lot of guitars. How many guitars have you got? How many axes, John? We're all averaging about 12. And what's your baby, John? What's your favourite axe? Uh, mine's actually bass guitar. Oh. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> I... Thanks, John. Thanks very much for calling me. <laughs> we love it when we find local businesses with funny names. But when you caught up with yours, we sensed a theme. There's a bike shop at your minor beach called Pushy Galore. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it hard to find this coffee shop? <laughs> okay. But after the council voted, re-voted, had a smoko, and then voted some more, the winning suburb this week is Ashfield, where Mark had a ripper story about animals being where they definitely don't belong. Mate, I was on a football field playing a game of football and there was a dog running around. One the opposition got knocked out, and while he was on the ground with his head down and his bum up, the dog decided to dry hump him. No! Oh. Yep. <laughs> I think they call that the reverse Mitchell Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Merrickville Catch Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch Up from the Triple M app.